0: Hi, everybody. This is a podcast where real doctors discuss fake medical emergencies. That means that unless you have a colonoscopy party scheduled with Martin Short, Tom Hanks, and Steve Martin, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Vane.
0: I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as JK Wronging. A look at the creator of Harry Potter and everything she's said in the last three and a half years or so. She's she's messed up a lot. She's
1: gone off the rails. It's uh, bad. I don't want to cancel Harry Potter. I love that no. stuff. But my God, what kind of world is she developing?
0: The world she developed is great. The world she lives in. Fair, fair. But yeah, But this is Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. Uh, You can find this podcast online at HiEverybodyMD.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HiEverybodyMD.
1: Or you can contact us at 530-DOCTORB. That is 530-DOCTORB with a B, and they think the B this week should stand for Butt Doctor.
0: The B this week does stand for Butt Doctor, and why is that, Jackson?
1: Well, we were watching AP Bio. It's a show on Peacock. It was on NBC for a little bit, but then got canceled, and now it's on... The streaming service, but we're going to be talking about season three, episode five, Mr. Pistachio.
0: I'm excited to talk about this because of the fact that I'm from Toledo, Ohio, and it's set in Toledo, Ohio. So not only is this going to be a bad medicine podcast, it's going to be a bad
1: Toledo podcast. Yes, it's you, Katie Holmes, and Jamie Farr is what I've learned from this show.
0: Yeah, and also uh, the guy who was the mission control chief for Apollo 13, not the actor, like. The actual guy. Is he Apollo went to my th- high school.
1: Apollo 13's the one of the bad ones. It was one of the bad ones. Yeah, okay. it was so the Tom Hanks one. It's not a space podcast, but I just wanted to make sure that is one of the bad ones. Not a bad astronomy podcast. That's Phil Plate. Correct. Maybe next week. Yeah, but this one was a good one because Jack, the main character, who is very, how do I say, proud. Yeah. Has to get a colonoscopy. Right. he He's a vain and private person. He is very vain. Um, and he kind of walks in in the beginning of the class with a nice little thermos filled with juice. Right. I
0: assumed, having seen a lot of the first season of AP Bio, mm-hmm. that that was just, you know, whiskey tang.
1: Which could be. I mean, he does not care. I mean, he walks into every room just throwing apples randomly throughout the class and then telling everyone to shut up the minute he walks in. And it was odd that he didn't tell him because he had to have this procedure. Mm-hmm. But I will say just starting off, he had a very small little kind of water bottle mm-hmm. of juice. You need a lot, a lot of that stuff to drink. Yeah, And so you want to clear out your whole schedule. Like you're not going to work if you're going right. to start your clean out.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the process of a colonoscopy. Why do guys of a certain age need to get their butts
1: checked? Well, it's not just guys. It's anyone really? over the age of 40 if there's high risk. Okay. You should be having a colonoscopy once every 10 years. Closer if there is a familial history of colon cancer. Mm-hmm. So you got to get scoped just to look for polyps or abnormal growths or any kind of things like that. And to start the process, you need to take something. The brand name is called Go Lightly. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, you do not go lightly. You go quite heavily. That's the liquid that he's, he Correct. had in so, that juice glass. Yeah, so it starts out like a powder. And then you drink, like, probably a gallon of fluid to clean everything out. Because I remember this from residency when I did my GI rotation, when we learned how to scope. The worst thing is if someone did not do prep correctly. Because you run into poo. And lots of poo. And it fogs it up the camera. Like, it mucks up the camera, but the fun part about the scope is there's also like two little ports. Like one port is comes with a little grabby arm, and the other one is like a little water jet. So if you go in and you see poop in there, you can shoot it with a water jet and then suck it out. So it's like a video game where the enemies instead of are like instead of like when you're playing Doom and you're killing monsters and demons, your enemies are polyps and poo. Your enemies are part of the enema. Touche. I um, the enemies so- should not be there. If you did the enema correctly. But you shouldn't be doing an enema. I'm not a doctor.
0: Yeah. But I do have a butt.
1: I mean... I do not... There's two things I don't want to hear fun, about. Funny story about the butt thing. Not everyone has a butthole. I know. Uh, what? Final friend ex- of the
0: show was born without one. Or so, was not without one, but... So I that was I,
1: actually my final exam in NICU. Like, jokingly, was... What? They made me do an exam, and they said, If you can't find what's wrong with this baby, you fail this rotation. And I go, and I look, and do my full exam, and I go... This kid doesn't have a butt. There's no hole there. We need to figure this out.
0: Yeah. A, a friend of the show was was born without her San, intestines connected. Son's butt? Uh, I believe she had butt. butt uh-huh. Butt. <laughs> I just, as someone with a butt, yes. don't want to hear two things. Number one, this is how my doctor is making my colonoscopy more fun for
1: him or herself. I'm not going to lie. Colonoscopies are kind of fun to do. Like... GI would be the greatest job, like pediatric gastroenterology, greatest job if all I can do was scope. Because it takes some dexterity, you know, had years of practice playing video games, you know, turning corners with that scope, shooting bad guys. Man, I'd be so good at it. But it's the rest of the stuff that is horrendous.
0: The second thing I don't want to hear about is that I'm the training butt. Mm. I don't want to be the... You know they pay people to be training butts. Not enough. I don't know how much they pay those people, but they do not pay them enough.
1: Always done late at night when I don't when their schedule is free. I remember that day of medical school where we had to do like digital exams on a practice butt. No, those were those are horrible days. That was probably the most. I thought awkward. your day was bad. That guy got paid a lot of money to be the practice butt. I'm just picturing Rodney Dangerfield. Oh God! I mean, our man was a very old man. And he was very descriptive on telling us how our finger was not in the right place. Oh, man. You know what you don't want? We went right to the bar after that. I remember, <laughs> it too, I'm like, this is a hard day of medical school. You don't want the patient coaching you through that. No. And he's like, okay, to the left a little bit. Oh, now, now, do you feel it now? I'm like, yes, sir. Please, can, Are we done? Can, can I go? Cool. That, that was a very awkward day of medical school. But, yes. Being the practice butt, definitely not the way to go. Okay.
0: And, and the reason we need the colonoscopy is because of risks of colon cancer. Correct. And is that's where
1: polyps are bad. Mm-hmm. You know, Polyps are abnormal growths, right? So you're trying to get those polyps out to figure out if that is a bad colon or not. Mm-hmm. But colonoscopies are not just done to screen for colon cancer. If you have Crohn's disease and you want to look at the colon, um, continued bloody stools that can't be explained, mm-hmm. um, you do that too. So you're looking for IBD. Any okay. you know, Like Crohn's disease is a type of inflammatory bowel disease, but you're looking for other types of, like ulcerative colitis mm-hmm. is another one where you find ulcers in the colon. Right. Hence and ulcerative colitis. And then prostate as well, which is why it's... So prostates you can't see on a colonoscopy. That's why you do a digital exam to feel it.
0: And when you say digital, you
1: don't mean... I mean, I'm holding up the number one right now with my thumb tucked yeah. under. You mean your digits, not computer. Correct. This is why in med school when we had t shirts that said we're number one, everyone's finger or thumb was tucked under their finger. <laughs> just to protect your thumb because that's an extra point of contact on the patient that you don't want. So always tuck your thumb if you're out there doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing. Not yet. a boxing podcast. Not a bo- boxing podcast, but also if not you don't punch your thumb or tuck your thumb when you're yes. punching somebody. But if you're check but if you're you're poking somebody, yes. Yeah. God, we went on a huge tangent. Uh, this was an important
0: tangent. And <laughs> I learned something today. I, oh. Like I really did. I I didn't know the, that, that. That's what you would mean by a, a digital exam. Yeah. I would assume that it would that just meant you know something like a CAT scan.
1: Yeah. Your finger's a digit. So, yeah. I mean, that's why we also say the leading cause of nosebleeds in children: digital trauma, nose picking. So that's actually the one of huh. the biggest causes. Yeah. Um, you dig long enough, you'll strike something. Not always gold. No, you might you might strike red oil. <laughs> it just sprays everywhere, and then you come to my hospital, and I'll see you. Um, so yeah, the go lightly is really important in this situation. You gotta, you gotta clean out. Like I swear to God, when families, I remember during my GI rotation, and the kid, I was like, "So did you take the prep?" And they're like, "Yeah, I took it all." You sure? I took most of it. And then you do the exam, and you're like, "We can't examine this kid because there's too much stuff in there. Too much poop." Too much poop. There were too many obstacles to navigate. Uh, th- that that's what you would put on the chart. Too many obstacles. I'll take some pictures of it as we're going through, like just like a a tourist going down the Hershey Highway, taking pictures. Yep. <laughs> There's the world's largest ball of yarn. Um, yeah, I mean, if you think about it scale wise, it could be. Um, so he's taking the go lightly,
0: you know, yeah. and you're saying that most likely he would. Have take that day off probably just because because that's all he's yeah only like nutrient he's getting correct
1: yeah so you're really not eating anything at that Mm -hmm. point right go lightly um it's not spelled like how you think it is with the l-i-g-h-t-l-y it's l-y-t-e because it's electrolyte balanced Ah. so you're drinking that you're not really eating anything you kind of want to you can't eat anything after a certain time because if they're going to sedate you anesthesiologists don't want you to have food in your stomach. Because you could vomit and then aspirate. And aspirate and then potentially die. So the only thing you really have in your system is this liquid that's really not designed to be absorbed. It's designed to uh, clean you up. Mm -hmm. So they want to get that done early. Um, Also, if you're drinking all that stuff, you're going to constantly need to go to the restroom. The last place you want to be is at work or at school. Yeah, especially at work at a school. Correct, because you're going to be excusing yourself to go to the bathroom pretty much every hour if you're lucky, and just pooping out water. Because you're supposed to take it, and these are the instructions, you take it until your stool is clear. So it's just water at that point. So it sounds
0: fantastic. Yeah. And uh, going back to him, you know, me thinking, oh, he just made himself, like, whiskey and powdered Gatorade. Yeah. I'm assuming, so there wouldn't be an issue with you drinking while you're on Go Lightly except for the fact
1: that you've got no food. Yeah. And really, you're only supposed to mix go lightly with clear things or like clear okay. juices, because okay. all that sediment can actually cause issues too. Right. Um, you can't do it with milk because the fat globules can bind with the go lightly and make it not work as well. Hmm. So you're supposed to like really do water or like a Gatorade or something that's pretty clear that can rinse you out. So Tom Hanks,
0: mm-hmm. uh, Martin Short, and Steve Martin uh, have a little. A buddy thing that they do together every few years, which is go get colonoscopies together and drink a bunch of martinis as a, hey, we need to get this checked out. Yeah. We're going to have a, have, have a fun evening in a hotel of getting
1: blitzed. They better have four toilets. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Three men, four toilets. They're, it's going to be a mess. You're going to ruin one of them. And you're going to need <laughs> someone's going to ruin one of those toilets and you're down to one each, it's just going to be a constant cycle. Someone's going to break a toilet. (laughs) I'm just saying. I know they're like celebrities and they're fit, but you never know. They might blast one out (laughs) and ruin it. But um, Steve Martin, by the way, just canceled for next week. He's no (sighs) longer coming on the show. But I want to talk about his colonoscopy escapades. That would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. But, you know, going on, like, so he eventually – it sounds like the way that progressed in the story is – he left from school, had his co-worker take him to the clinic and yeah, checked him in. like right after work. Yeah, which is a really late day. Like, can you imagine? I mean, I do this all the time, so don't do what I do. But going the whole day of work with no food, mm-hmm. you're going to go, like, super cranky and insane at that yeah. point, right? I mean, I haven't eaten since we started recording this show, and I'm already angry. Yeah, I mean, I, I ate just a little bit after. This is, like, right after my shift, so I was able to eat a little bit and get Going on that part, but he goes into the clinic, deals with probably the worst receptionist I've ever, ever seen on TV, and if that person existed, would be fired. I think you would agree on that. I part. would agree.
0: Also, Toledo people are generally nicer than that.
1: Yeah, she did not seem like a a person that would yeah. work. Yeah, Agatha Hardbarty. Yep, I re- that was that was such a terrible name that I was going to mention mention that too. Also, that I will say this. I don't know anything about Toledo. That's like the nicest colonoscopy place. It it was, yeah. Right? Um, Yeah, it was, I mean, I. It's too bougie. Yeah, it it was pretty bougie. From the the frosted windows and the the logo of Talmadge GI Group or whatever. Yeah, Talmadge, by the way, is a
0: street in
1: Toledo. Toledo. No way. So. Okay, so they. Yeah, so
0: that was probably on the corner of Talmadge and Central.
1: These people Um, know something. Yeah. The guy who wrote this probably... Is from Toledo. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I think that's the only reason why to pick all that stuff. But yeah, he fills out the forms and doesn't want to fill out stuff. Yeah. And you can't really do that.
0: Right, yeah. he. he so um, Jack walks in and he leaves a bunch of things blank because he, does, he, he would rather answer the questions in person.
1: Which is fair. You know what? But then that's when you would write on the note, like, would like to discuss with Doctor. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to blast all your medical information to someone like that lady. Yeah. Also to,
0: to, ma- to a vindictive receptionist?
1: Yes. And also the vindictive receptionist giving him crayons to draw his stool is a very odd thing to do.
0: I now there is there a situation where I need so what what is it, the bar Bristol,
1: Bristol stool St- St- the, the Bristol stool the Bristol stool scale. Um what that is is and you've probably seen memes of this on the internet where people made a chocolate cake with the Bristol stool scale on it. It's a scale from one to seven, one being constipation, seven meaning diarrhea. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the consistency of your poop. And this is one thing I always tell my patients is constipation doesn't matter how often you go. It's what it looks like. So the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics will describe it as rock-like or sorry, hard little pellets, like little marbles, Mm -hmm. Or stools that are so large produced by a child that they can clog a toilet—that's constipation. So if you're a three-year-old and making man-sized poops, <laughs> you're constipated. I don't care if you make man-sized poops every day. If you make man-sized poops, you're constipated.
0: Wait, so it, so constipation it is a state of being as opposed to a a, a
1: temporary diagnosis. Correct. It can be so. Kids that are constipated can be at a point where their colon is distended so much that the only time they know when to stool is when they feel the poop knocking on the exit. Mm-hmm. And that in itself takes a long time to recover. So that state of being is that their colon is distended, and it always will be that way until you train the stool, or sorry, the colon to shrink back to normal, and you build a regimen for them to have normal stooling.
0: Interesting. I I just thought it was, I got to poop and
1: I can't. It can be that. I mean, if if the train's too big for the tunnel, yeah, that that also is <laughs> constipation too. But you know, there's other ways to manage it. But that is one one such thing of constipation that there's there's too many too many people trying to rush the doors for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come up with many. This this is going to be our most metaphor laden show. It's a lot of metaphors, so that that is part of it, mm-hmm. but. Making someone draw it out is very odd. Never had a, had to tr- have anyone draw out their stool before. Uh, that's it, like, as in draw pictures of. Using crayons, for sure. Like, and that lady had a lot of colors of brown. Like, mm-hmm. you just need one.
0: It, now, how, like, I, I guess I just don't go to the doctor enough. Mm-hmm. Would the receptionist be reading the
1: forms and things like that in depth? So, sometimes if they want to put in notes... Into the chart so that the doctor can just review the chart quickly, read the triage note, and then Mm. deal with the patient, then maybe. Okay. But if there's, like, certain questions that the patient doesn't want to answer and feels that they need to discuss it in private, that's That's fine. That's the prerogative of the patient. Okay. So, screw you, bitchy receptionist. You can't do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That is way out of her scope of practice.
0: (laughs) Scope of Uh, practice.
1: Oh, man. I'm just... Hitting them all today, so recorded in Slam Diego, fantastic go Padres. Um, but I will also say it's very odd for her to ask when was your last evacuation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely not a way to explain it because not all poops evacuate your bowels, right? Right. I, like if we discuss the constipation stuff, if you pooped and you still got stuff hanging back there, it's not going to be a full evacuation. That's why we say bowel movements. Because it's moving the train along, mm-hmm. so that's a weird way she said all that stuff. Um, and
0: then, so and then we see. I wasn't sure what we were seeing him right before the colonoscopy yes. when everyone walked in. Correct.
1: Yeah. That's really weird.
0: Yeah. So what happened a, was you, we had uh, there's three teachers who are the the, the little gossip pool, the gossip the plushie, school. Yeah. Uh, and one of them was his his. Uh, his ride yeah. and Which you she need told that. the other two, you need that because you're going to be drugged up.
1: Yeah. So usually they drug you up with either ketamine or propofol. Propofol is a thing that hurt Michael Jackson mm-hmm. or killed Michael Jackson, I should say. Um, and, that, you know, after you get that, it takes a lot to recover. So you definitely need someone to drive you home. It's very unprofessional unless it's like close family. The close family might hang out with you. And that'd be you to opt into that. Yes, but also, like, for those procedures, we might give you, like, Versed or Xanax, like, some kind of benzo to calm you down to relieve your anxiety before the procedure. But the whole induction to knock you out before they put a tube in happens in the procedure room itself. Mm -hmm. So, and at that point, there should be no one other than the doctors and the patient in that room, and the nurse, obviously, too. Right. So... The fact that they were in the room with him to do all that procedure was weird. And the fact that two more people came in and started teasing him is, like, so not appropriate at all.
0: Right. Um, you, you just – you you wouldn't have that that sort of access. He would – he like, he would be that out, though, correct?
1: Oh, what, you mean before? Yeah. It depends. Do, do
0: they actually knock you out or do they? No,
1: they knock you out completely. Okay. A lot of the times, like, they knock you out completely because the last thing you want is – here comes the tube, and then twitchy, you, twitchy, twitchy. you twitch or you clench, mm-hmm. um, or you jump out of the bed. Those are all frowned upon scenarios. So usually they want you out, out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they might he might be loopy if they gave him like a benzo to mm-hmm. relieve the anxiety of the procedure itself. So that part probably accurate. The other part with more people in not accurate. Okay. And also the uh, the equipment they had in there was like just some shoddy what the heck is this equipment
0: like as far as the the like that there was like the six color i don't know if that was leading to a monitor or something like that that was on him
1: yeah i didn't understand what was going on and all that stuff in the room they didn't really paint it out as well so i wasn't sure where they were in the whole grand scheme in the process yeah and you can do this in an outpatient setting like if you have like a clinic that's known just to do um, colonoscopies, you might have its own room to do all that stuff, but mm-hmm. for the most part, you wouldn't.
0: And then, he, so he he came out of it, and he was still really darn high, and that's accurate, right?
1: You yeah, you're gonna be tired and loopy for a while um, after a procedure like that. Okay. That's why you can't drive home because you're still very weak. You can be nauseous. Um, you're definitely not fully oriented at that time to safely drive a car. Okay. Um, and then
0: the, the the next step of it is. The the three busybodies take care of him at his house, and then they basically have a slumber party. There was something before that, though. Oh, yeah?
1: When uh, the doctor wheeled him out in the wheelchair and then showed all the busybodies, oh, all the yeah. pictures. That is not cool. Right.
0: And so this is where we're going to talk about what HIPAA is.
1: Yeah. So HIPAA is the Health Insurance Portability and Accessibility Act, I believe is what it's called. And it's
0: not spelled like HIPPO because
1: there's two A's. Yes. Not two P's. That's why, and it's, remember, um, it's health insurance, not Mm -hmm. privacy. Health insurance is actually what it's more focused on. That's for health insurance companies to access your information. Um, But HIPAA, in this situation, yeah, Portability and Accountability Act, that's what it is. You own the information. So the doctors are not allowed to give it out to random people. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they got to look at his pictures was pretty bad.
0: Right, because it, it literally was handed to to his ride, Yeah, and then his ride passed it around.
1: Yeah, and that's not cool. Um, also, when you do colonoscopy pictures, they never come out in full glossy pictures like that. They come out the size of, you remember way back when, when it was really cool to take pictures in photo, photo booths. booths? But they come out with the stickers, and mm-hmm. it comes out in like a 3 by 5 card. That's what it comes out like. So it's like a printed out Polaroid kind of Or picture. like an ultrasound. Yes, that's probably a better way to describe it. But that's what
0: comes out. Um, So, you know, we were born in the 80s because we talk about seeing photo booths from Polaroids and also friends with ultrasounds.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, they still print that stuff out on ultrasound. Um, But the photo booth thing, I know it came back in the 2000s. Yeah, really big. But uh, those pictures aren't very clear. And it's hard to know what's going on unless a doctor explains it to you. It's weird that she started with the ascending colon and then showed the rest. Because when you go through the rectum, you pass its anus, rectum, descending colon, transverse colon, and then ascending colon. This is just like
0: someone talking horoscopes to me right now. Your ascending colon is because Mercury's in
1: retrograde. So they're starting back. They're they're basically going, hey, we went all the way to the end and then backtracked. Okay. Instead of showing the journey... They showed the ending and then worked backwards from there.
0: So it was Quinter- Quentin Tarantino. I was going to say Memento. Memento. Oh, I, I was going with with uh, Pulp Fiction.
1: Fair. I was going to say Memento because it does start at the end and then goes to the beginning. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what it was like. Um, but it was just really weird to do that. And then when they said, oh, we got some polyps out, we'll tell you the results tomorrow. It takes a while to figure out the results from uh, – a biopsy if it's positive or negative for cancer Mm -hmm. because what they do is they freeze it, then make tiny slices of it, put it under a microscope or sorry, stain it and then put it under a microscope and then they're able to tell. And at a clinic like this, it's really hard pressed for me to think that they're not going to be doing it in-house. Exactly. They don't have like an in-house pathologist to do all this stuff. It's going to take like probably a few days or so. So there's no way they would have figured that out that quickly.
0: Okay. Um, the, the next step that I was speaking of was the prank calls. So yes. what they wanted us to, so what happened is Busybody McGee's uh, leave enough voicemails at the office that
1: it fills up the voicemail. Uh, yeah.
0: And uh, what the receptionist says is.
1: That if you have so many voicemails, it'll delete.
0: It was all on the same server, and so it deleted the. The results. Obviously, that's not going to happen, and yeah. we both and agree that, that she was just lying. Right. Also,
1: if that happened, get a new server. Because mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. But if you share your server with, if you share your secure data with a voicemail server, you have some serious IT logistical issues.
0: Counterpoint: mm-hmm. the voicemails would need to be kept as securely because they would be patient information as well.
1: I will say this, most patients when they call, they don't like ask for everything. Right. And I don't really I will say this, when I have to call back families with test results, I don't tell their test results over the voicemail. No. What I do is I say, "I'm Dr. Vane from so and so. I have test results for so and so. Can you please call me back at this number so right, we can at 530-doctorb." Yes, correct. I would never ever say anything like that. So, the only thing you might get is that this patient goes to this doctor, but other than that, everything else is right. secure. Um,
0: yeah, I, 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 I'm going to say that I do buy, from an IT and security perspective, the concept of the voicemail voicemail being on the same server. Fair. But the idea that it was deleting, it was absolutely just uh, a receptionist with with a power trip.
1: That is a big issue. If you have a receptionist with that big of a power trip, that right. is a highly, highly concerning thing. Right. Especially if they have the power to make a patient come back mm-hmm. and do further tests, that's really concerning. Is that feasible?
0: Could a receptionist actually be the one it like, it, it, to say, like at some point in time, the doctor would have to sign off on these
1: tests and they'd say, no, that there's no way that got lost. Find it. Yeah, I mean, a receptionist shouldn't have that power. A nurse, maybe, but if it's, like, a, a high-level nurse that follows up on stuff, then maybe. Mm-hmm. But if it's just, like, a receptionist that's just collecting information, they should not have any of that power in there right. at all. And that's, like, really concerning. Okay. So, so we're on the same page there. Yeah. Um, so, so from there. Yeah, she makes him come back and then says, hey, um, the voicemail, all those voicemails you left deleted your results, you need to come back for another colonoscopy. How do you get your doctor to sign off on something? Exactly.
0: Like that? that was my question.
1: Yeah. You, you don't. Yeah. That's a straight up lie. And here's the thing. If that was a receptionist and she led me astray like that or led me down that route, she's going to get sued mm-hmm. big time because she's basically making medical decisions not as a healthcare provider. Right. So impersonating a doctor is a serious felony. And that's essentially what she did. So major no-no. So I'm glad everyone came in and was just loud and horrible to her because she deserves all the horrible stuff that happens to her. She's a non-Toledo yeah. person. She, she's a nurse ratchet without even the nursing degree. Correct. Oh, God, that show is... Uh, well, I'm sure we're going to talk about that show at some point this season. That show is not great. From a medical perspective? No. From a TV <laughs> watcher perspective, it's not that great. It is boring. It's beautiful to watch. It is very well shot. But good Lord, is that not a good show?
0: Part of me says maybe we should just do uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but none of us have any idea what it was like to be in an institution in the 70s. I'm not a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see a lot of
1: psychiatric patients on a daily basis. But only for about four hours at a time. If I'm lucky. If they're still there when I come back to work, not as lucky. (laughs) Which does happen because mental health resources in – our city is in our very, nation, In our nation, yes, uh, very limited and horribly, horribly staffed. Like we need to staff a lot more. Like they are so understaffed and cannot handle the gigantic influx of patients because mm-hmm. people don't think it's a real thing. Right. Because everyone goes, oh, it's just they're mentally weak and that's why they can't deal with their problems, which is not true at all. But that's another tangent. Yeah, it,
0: at on. some point we'll, we'll we, we
1: should have a mental health episode. Yeah, we'll talk about Nurse Ratched and then how much I hate it. Yeah, it's a, the spoiler alert. Did not like it <laughs> a lot. It was not a fan.
0: Um, that uh, so the final moment of the episode mm-hmm. uh, was a, as you said. Uh, he as a after his second test, mm-hmm. which w- which happened.